My name is John Foreman, and this is the story behind Live It Well. For years, we've had the phrase, life is short, live it well. These bodies that we have, they're always breaking down, you know. The time that we have here on the planet is not a guarantee. The first verse is basically a prayer. It says, take the burden off my arms, take the anchors off my lungs. Take me broken. That's a prayer that for me rings true all the time. I feel broken, I feel defeated, I feel discouraged, I feel frustrated, I feel like I'm not sure what to do in the face of, of life. And the chorus is this resolution of saying, okay, well life is short, I want to live it well. One life, one story to tell. Allowing the healer of, of souls to meet me where I'm at, opening the windows and the doors of the soul to look at a larger perspective than just myself. I got one shot and one life to live, one life to live. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. All right, my guest this week is Ryan Hartley. Ryan, it's great to talk to you again. How are you? I'm very well, brother. I cannot believe it's been, what, two years since we first did this? Two years, yes. Yeah, you and I first met when I was a guest on your podcast a couple years ago, Um what I love about what you do, I think for you, it's not just a podcast for you. I think the, you know, the always better than yesterday is uh, its own brand. It's a way of life. It's something bigger than just conversations. So you've had this wide range of, of guests and messages on your show, including Matthew McConaughey. What was that All like right. when you, when you had him on? Yeah. Very, very surreal. You know, it, the way I describe always better than yesterday, it's a community. And for me to kind of share that moment with our community, you know, I started it five years ago and it was originally started with good people in my network. And, you know, if someone said to me, I'd be sharing time and space with a Hollywood actor, Oscar winner, um, just wouldn't have believed them. So yeah, leaving space for the miracles along the way has, has definitely been uh, a good part of the journey. That's for sure. Yeah. You released over 200 episodes um, give our listeners kind of a glimpse of what the show is all about, like the type of guests, the content. It's a wide range. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's um, it's all about heart-centered leadership. Um, when I when I first started interviewing good people in my network, I'd love to say it was through the goodness of my heart, but it was through fear. Um, you see, my, my background's in policing, and, um, you know, I I, I I believed in a type of leadership that I wasn't seeing with my eyes. You know, the type of leadership uh, that is one of love, of one of service, um, one of sacrifice. And 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 policing was all about hierarchy, status, position, closest car parking space to the building. Um, and I and I got quite judged for my opinions on leadership. Um, so I went underground, built this wonderful community. But I, I I knew I had to come back to the world. And what better way of doing that than bringing somebody else with me? Uh, so I'd love to say that, you know, the podcast emerged out of this wonderful idea. I mean, it did, but it was, it was, you know, it was tinged with a little bit of fear of judgment. 
but the great thing that's happened is that I just haven't stopped. Um, you know, I used to spend Sunday evenings interviewing good people in my network. Um, and then someone along the way said, Hey, I'd love to listen to these on my way to work. You should start a podcast. I'm like, a what? <laughs> you know, download the video, strip the audio and upload it to the podcast. I was like, well, that sounds possible. <laughs> and if you listen to the first 61 episodes of my podcast, they are, they are, you know, for any hardcore podcasters out there, they are not what you would say is a podcast. They were just a download of a Facebook video. The first two minutes are me saying, hey, hope you've had a good day, like traditional Facebook live. Uh, um, it was a complete disrespect of the podcast discipline, shall we say. But the good thing is it got me 61 episodes in. It got me a little community. And then I could start to improve and improve the the, sh the listener experience and, and and make it the traditional podcast that people might hear today. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little more about your own personal journey. Like what has made Ryan the man that he is today and, and how did he even get to where he is now? Well, I grew up single parent family in the southwest of England. So I'm kind of in between a city called Bath and, and Stonehenge. Um, I've been with my my wife since we were 15. Um, so we celebrated 20 years together this year. Um, I guess curious human being. I, I watched all the crime documentaries. There was a particular one called Wire in the Blood. Absolutely loved it. And I wanted to be a criminal profiler. So I went off to university, studied psychology. And the time came when my wife was like, look, now's the time. We need to get a place together. We need to move out uh, because she was sick of, of living at home. So I just got any job with my local police force. And that meant I was taking 999 uh, emergency calls and dispatching officers on the radio. Absolutely incredible job, incredible honor to be there for people in their time of need. I was only 21 uh, and, it, and it led me to grow up very, very quickly. Um, I, I moved into a variety of roles within the police force as a civilian. So I, I did some analytical roles, kind of corporate development, organizational development. Um, and I became a, a leader at the exact same time as I became a parent for the first time in 2012. And I, and I, the reason I think that was significant for me is because, uh, you know, the type of leadership I told you about, well, here I was at 3am doing a night feed and I'm looking at this little baby who relies on me to nurture them, to help them, to support them, to protect them, to help them grow. And I felt that like that was similar to my job at the police. I felt like my role was to provide an environment for my team to come and do their best work and to feel safe while they were there and and to go home ultimately better for those who need them. You know, I know the damage of bad leadership. I've I felt like whatever I could do was never enough. I felt like I didn't really fit in or belong. And I've definitely come home worse for those who need me. And and I and I quickly realized my my potential as a leader was to be able to make a difference to the people whilst they were there, you know, in that time. So I trained to be a coach in my leadership development journey, fell in love with this idea of being able to help people. And um, alongside my day job, set up this little community called Always Better Than Yesterday. Um, keep bringing like-hearted human beings who want to grow in their heart and their mind, keep bringing them together. And in 2020, that became my, my full-time job. So I I coach, I consult all around this idea of heart-centered leadership, heart-centered teams, heart-centered cultures. It's a very intriguing story and journey that I've been able to follow, you know, again, since we met a couple of years ago. And yeah. um, you also have a lot of just 
very cool, for lack of a better word, uh, post uh, online. And I, I want to ask you about this one. This is from January 3rd. Um, you posted a very simple message on your Facebook page that said, hope isn't logical. Yes. And I bring that one up because that's very switchfoot like. Um, <laughs> but what did you mean by that? Hope isn't logical. Well, for the cynics out there, they'll be, you know, because there's, there's, I think there, let me try and break this down. I think the world is intellect drunk. So for those who like you and I, who have a faith that, that believe in this idea of hope, because it's all about the unseen, right? So for many people that will be seen as naive. And that's what I mean is for the cynics out there, they might see that sentence of, well, it's, yeah, it's illogical. Mm -hmm. The point I'm actually trying to get to the heart of is that hope isn't a mindset. Hope is a heart set. Hope is something deeper. It is a it is a inner knowing. It is a belief that things. It's actually a knowing that our best days are ahead of us, and that isn't sometimes logically based on the things that are present, but it's deeper and it's beyond that, and it's knowing, you know. And 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 I take that. I take that from, you know, being a man of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember one point John Foreman said, uh, hope isn't a substitution for pain. It's in spite of pain. 100%. He also well, said it. Go ahead. Yeah, well, one of my favorite quotes from Viktor Frankl in his memoir, um, Man's Search for Meaning, you know, he, he talked about the power of hope because he talked about how in the camps, um, many of the prisoners, unfortunately, would die between Christmas and New Year. And what he put that down to being a kind of psychologist is that these people had hope that they would be on, be home with their families for Christmas. And when that hope disappeared, their soul, their spirit, you know, it disappeared. Their body then succumbed to the illnesses that were probably present. Hmm. So it's not the hope that kills us. It's the absence of hope that kills us. Hmm. Wow. That's deep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, if John Foreman's talked a lot about hope and faith and doubt, and I remember him talking about, you know, faith and doubt can at times be both equally logical or illogical, but it comes down to your choice. Um, and I think about hope as well, you know, choosing choosing joy, choosing hope um, with what you know or don't know, but, you know, kind of the path that you want to take. So really good stuff. And I, I thought... I was thinking of you being a, a good guest on this show for one reason. Um, the like a lot of your content reminds me of of the guys, you know, their uh, their messaging, you know, whether it comes to hope or faith or um, trying to improve, you know, improve yourself. Um, when did you, if you can think back, when did you first kind of realize you like Switchfoot or uh, early, do you even remember? Yeah, yeah, early days. It was. Um you know, early 2000s, I think, you know, uh, we have a TV show over here called Kerrang. I don't know if that's, you know, and, and I think some of their early dare you to move and mm -hmm. um, mentally, you know, the, that, that those were the ones that, that kind of got me engaged early doors. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. A lot of people we've, we've mentioned on the show that it's kind of either a walk to remember soundtrack or the beautiful letdowns where a lot of people first fell in love with the guys and mm -hmm. um, just a, a very long oh, career. That film, whoa, that yeah, is, gets you, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. The song you chose to talk about and dive into a little bit is "Live It Well" from their mm. "Where the Light Shines Through" album. You know, we we actually heard the guys talk about that 
phrase, that mantra before the song came out. I think Tim said it on the Fading West movie, Life is Short, Live It Well. So when we saw this like upcoming title of that song, you know, we're, a lot of us were excited that they yeah. wrote a tune about it. Um, I think it's got a pretty wide reach. It's got over 12 million mm -hmm. Spotify streams. I've seen a lot of churches use it as a worship song. Uh, John said that it's basically a prayer, especially the verse one. Mm -hmm. And as far as Christian radio goes, it's, it's song did pretty well. Um, why was this one one that kind of uh, drew your attention to talk about? Well, I guess for context, I never wanted to be a man of faith. <laughs> I, I again, completely logical. I was a man of science, and and I was a man of logic, and 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 I was um, someone that I guess was trying to be God myself by taking control of my destiny. Um, I would always work hard, work my face off, and I certainly wasn't going to surrender that to anything else other than myself. And I, and I guess that's a, I guess that's a byproduct of you know being abandoned as a child and, and and not relying on anybody else certainly not a father why would i vote for another father because the only image i have of one of those is, is let me down um and and yet here i am talking about faith and and for me that the first opening you know take this burden from my arms it's the third line take me broken and make me one hmm. you know my wife and i we we were we were doing great things in the world, but we weren't focusing on each other. We weren't nurturing our relationship and we, we were broken. Our marriage was broken. Um, and we took some time apart after, you know, 17 years together. Um, and then she found faith and she's like, you need to read this. I'm like, not a chance, not a chance. And then she, she found great comfort and peace during that time. And, and I, and I was, I found peace cause I was doing something about my situation but I never imagined that I'd be talking about faith. And I ended up, you know, because we made this recommitment to put effort in and to really nurture our relationship, I agreed to go to church. And uh, it was at the front, I remember it was a Father's Day commissioning and the pastor who used to be my school teacher, that was one of the core school teachers. He's like, come on, man, at the front, we'll just say a few words over you. I thought, oh, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I'm a father, I'll go up the front, he'll say some nice words. And that take me broken, make me one. I think that's what happened in that moment. Because the pastor said, that's it, women. If you want to put your hands out towards these men, you do that. And it was like my wife hadoukened me. It was like a ball of fire to the bottom of my spine and my entire heart caught fire. My wow. eyes just streamed. And I just walked back to her. I said, I don't want to talk about this ever again. <laughs> but I feel like a child of God. And that's it. You just again, it just there's a there's a lyric in it. Awaken all of my soul. And I think it's that. I think that's that's the one thing that I kind of take from that. And then the second thing is when you've been around children, and you know how quickly they grow up. Man, life is short. I want to live it well. Like mm -hmm. because I look at my kids. I think they are they are growing up quick. They're ten and seven. And you know I've already. The, the the young age the baby age the toddler age they've already they've already gone and i want to just live every single moment i want to make the most of, of of every moment with my kids first and foremost and these things these phones these devices and particularly running a business on social they can be very very distracting and that for me is a great prayer to to remind me to to keep me in the moment god keep me in the moment help me live this life it's short live it well and and, and i think that that's very, very powerful. Yeah, definitely a powerful song. And they they just have this incredible ability to take a simple message, but 
put it to a song in a way you never really would have probably thought of. But um, I love to, and we talk with with different people and it's like, oh, for me, it was this verse or this verse. And it's always different. It's always just like a, a you know, a wide range, but um, incredible ability that the guys have. Um, and one thing we do is I'll go back and look up some quotes from John, whether it's like when the song came out or interview and uh, mm-hmm. kind of get your thoughts. This is, I've got a couple, so I'm going to share the first one first. Um, really good stuff that John Foreman at one point said, I'm beginning to realize that living it well means something bigger than just pretending, pretending that everything is okay. Pretending that I have all the answers mm-hmm. living well begins by acknowledging the wound. After all the dark wounds of our world are inescapable. The wound is you. It's me. It's humanity. Mm-hmm. The wound is Afghanistan, Palestine. It's the United States. The wound is our broken homes, our broken marriages, our broken hearts. The wound is Golgotha. The wound is the cross. But rather than running away, let's embrace the truth about our broken humanity and the truth will set us free. Let's not pretend to be well. After all, it's the sick that need a doctor. We are the wounded, mortally Mm -hmm. wounded, darkly wounded. Do we really believe in a living God who is our redeemer, strong and loving, capable of healing these wounds? If so, let's bring our darkness to him. All of it. Mm. Life is short. I want to live it well. Yeah, that's powerful. And it says, you know, one heartbeat, two hands, you know, and, and, and I think there's so much about this message that isn't living it well. I have the best of everything. I have the best of life. I think it's about being the embodiment, you know, walking, talking, living, loving, serving like Jesus would do as if he was living here today. And and I think it's a great call to action. You know, one heartbeat, two hands. How am I posturing my hands? And how am I using everything that I've been given to 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 yeah, to live it well? It's yeah, I'm, I'm glad that um we have we've had this conversation because it's really just refocused me in this moment, particularly on that song, those lyrics. And I've been listening mm-hmm. to it in, in preparation for our conversation and it's um uh, I, I hope your listeners go back and listen to it and, and find what they need to hear in those lyrics too. Definitely. For me, the the bridge of this song is probably one of the top ten switchfoot moments for me of any of their songs, which is saying a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I, I've got one life and one love, one voice, mm. maybe that's enough. Mm-hmm. And then, like as you said, one heartbeat, two hands to give. I got one shot, one life to live. And I wanted to kind of break down that one line in there a little bit. I've got one voice. Maybe that's enough. Um, I don't know if, if you've ever felt this way or if our listeners have ever felt like small, insignificant, like I can't accomplish much. Um, how much truth is there in that one simple line that I've got one voice. Maybe that's enough. You know, Switchfoot's talked about how like they understand we're not going to be able to change the entire world, but we're responsible yeah. for our corner we're responsible to do our part with the yeah. life, the one life that we do have, the one voice that we do have. Well, I, I've started to see the world through, you know, if we are 8 billion little manifestations of God, you know, God is in all through all, then this tapestry of 8 billion pieces of puzzle, we are one piece of the puzzle, right? So there's a humility there that says, don't get too big for your boots. You are just one in 8 billion. But the realization I've had, and, and it comes down to this one voice, who are we not to place ourselves in that place? If we are that only piece that looks and sounds like this, the puzzle remains incomplete unless we place ourselves. So there's a humility to say, don't get too big for yourself. But there's also a responsibility that says you need to bring 
all of what you've been given because it's not just for us it's for those in the world who needed it yeah like like a big mosaic i think is the word right right mosaic putting your piece yeah that is good stuff um i was thinking too musically this one for the fans alike uh you know like the darker the uh the maybe the edgier stuff of theirs maybe for this one it's not their cup of tea but because it's more of a simple approach but i think for this particular song and this message it was uh perfect the way they rolled it out to give that voice you know a, a way to reach the masses mm-hmm. um again whether it's church services campfires wherever you can just see people coming around coming together coming around a table or a service or some you know uh, i love when they play it live um, it's a mm-hmm. great song to uh, to sing with community of fans and believers alike so yeah man. Um, really good tune and uh i want to also share this is the uh part two um a different time period um, but john was talking about it uh, he said it's the song is a confession i wanted to bring uh, these burdens of mind to the healer mm. of souls mm. knowing that i cannot heal myself and maybe living life well begins with confession um, the word confess comes from the Latin to acknowledge. So maybe it's time to fess up. Life's too short to be inauthentic. Mm. Let's put down the mask. Let's stop pretending like everything is okay. Confess your questions, your doubts, your weakness, your fears. Confess your inag- at, excuse me, inadequacies. Mm. Bring your darkness into the light. And with this confession comes freedom. Freedom to be authentic. Freedom to yeah. embrace the life you've been given. Freedom to live a life of meaning and purpose even against the backdrop of pain and disappointment because the one who breathed you into existence loves you because the mm. kingdom of the heavens is at hand. And then one of my favorite all time quotes of John is even in my limitations, I am content. Why? Because the love of my maker is unlimited. <laughs> Life is short. I want to live it well. Yeah, let's go. hundred <laughs> percent, you know, but, it, but it's, and I think the great, you know the the talent and the skill that he has is it, it connects at a heart level. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's tapping into thoughts and feelings and emotions that 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 are the tapestry of life, that are what it means to be human. And um, you know, it, it, the the art of great storytelling is to put us there right with them. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what they do very well. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, the the drummer Chad Butler. He said, and it was, I think he was quoting a psalm here. He said, we need to remember to number our days and to live well. Uh, teach us to live wisely and well. Mm-hmm. I need that I need that every day, regardless of what's going on. And uh, I was reminded of Psalm 90. Um, our days may come to 70 years or 80, yet the best of them are uh, with trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass. Um, if uh, you're, Let's see, verse 12. Uh, teach us to number our days that we may gr- uh, gain a heart of wisdom. <laughs> so what, what's advice uh, that you have as far as like, how do we do that? How do we live out Psalm 90? How do we live it well? Um, how are we always better than yesterday? Well, uh, you know, I, I think, how do we gain hearts of wisdom? And it first has to be postured on the willingness to to learn, the willingness to, wrong, to be wrong. You know, I think some of the start of this, um, you know, song is about the willingness to die to ourselves the willingness to surrender this image of who I think I am or, or, or all maybe some of the worldly things about myself and, and just to, and just to allow, you know, I, I, I guess 
that willingness and that posture to say, here I am, send me. Mm-hmm. You know, you've given me this voice. You've given me whatever it is that you've given me. Allow me, you know, live through me to live it well. Um, and, I, and I think wisdom comes from that. With our desire to live, you know, wisdom is is wisdom for me i think is experience and knowledge lived and I, and i think if we can continue to posture our heart on learning and finding what works and finding what helps then not only do we enable ourselves to be better than we were yesterday the great thing is that we can help others too with that i think that's wisdom just being able to share what works share what share what we've learned so that people can can be better and and i and i and i use that word heartprint I think if we're able to love people, serve people, help people, we leave a heart print where those around us are left better because we've created possibilities that might not otherwise have happened had we not had that, whether that be small, seemingly insignificant moment in interaction or a big one. Hmm. Really good stuff. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate all that you do. Um, have you had a chance to see the guys? I don't know if they make it to the UK much, but no, not yet. No, no. You got to make that happen for sure. <laughs> I'd Next to, time, yeah. Next time they're around, second to none live show. Uh, just amazing dudes and amazing hearts. So um, that'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be following that if they ever make it that way. I'll, I'll let you know when they're coming. So <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah, I'd love to. Where can people find your work? Uh, abty.co.uk that's abty.co.uk all the good links to podcast community the things that we've talked about there sounds great i appreciate it thanks so much for coming on have a good day thank you